Blog Talk Radio. Circumstances can't stop me And neither will they block me Today I feel unmovable Well, good morning, everyone. This is your host of the Process 319 Unleashed with Dawn Marie this morning. I hope that all of you are having a great and wonderful morning. As you know, we are so grateful that God will allow us to wake up this morning and have a do-over every moment of every day that we recognize that maybe we could have done it better. God gives us a do-over. But as always, we open with a word of prayer because we really want God to be honored guest on this show that we want him to minister to those who have a burden on their heart this morning, and we want him to really speak to us this morning a message that he wants us to hear. So let us go in and go to the throne of grace this morning and ask God to be our honored guest. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for being God, for being the mighty God, the God that is with us, the God that sees us. You know, the, the Jehovah El Roy, the Jehovah Tiskanu, the, the God that fights our battles, the God that is our righteousness. God, we thank you that you are here in our midst this morning. And we just pray that everyone that's listening live, listening online, on demand, or calling in, Father God, I just thank you for each one of them. I don't know what they're going through. But, Father God, I thank you that you're bringing them through. Maybe you just brought them through a, a bad situation, or maybe you're, they're going through something right now. Or maybe nothing's going on, and they can just praise you for peace and mercy and grace in all situations. And that happens no matter what. So we are honored, Father God, that you would allow us to come boldly before your presence and lay our petitions out before you. If there's anyone, Father, that doesn't know you, if they're struggling in their marriage, their finances, their children, their health, then, Father God, we know that your blood covers all those that desire to receive all that you give, Father God. We pray that you will minister to them and draw them to you in the midst of all their situations. And we pray that if no one or someone on the line today does not know you as their personal Savior, they've never, they've never made a confession for you, I pray that you will minister to them, Father God, and help them to choose you, that you will prick their heart, that they will hear something that will cause them to want to know you more intimately. Well, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory. Speak through me this morning that which you want people to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Can you guys believe that it is nearly the end of the year? We only have another 30 days. Today is December 1st. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope that you guys are enjoying your holiday season, your Christmas season. 
And I hope that you will really take time to really enjoy time with family and friends and really reposition yourself to understand why we do this season. So um, I entitled this lesson this week, we are going to look at, is Jesus really the reason for the season? Mm. And the reason I titled that, guys, is because a few years ago, I, I heard someone say that that's not true. You know, Jesus is not the reason for the season. We are the reason for the season. And it sounded really corny to me, like, oh, my God, we're the reason for the season. But when you think about it, guys, we are the reason for the season. You know, when we understand, and we're going to look at some scriptures today, so grab your Bible while I'm still talking, we're going to look at scriptures today And we're going to go back and look at an understanding of why we celebrate Jesus at this time, why we we are the reason for the season, but yet why we celebrate Christ, you know, why we should at least. We want to kind of put that message back out there. People say keep the Christ in Christmas. What does that mean? Keep the meaning of why Christ died, why we are really the reason for the season. This season is just as important in in the life of the believer as the Resurrection Sunday, which most people know as Easter. It's just as powerful because if it was not for the birth of Christ, the birth of the Almighty God, there would be no Resurrection Sunday. There would be no death on the cross. So it is in this season that we really begin to see what Christ did for us. That's why we are the reason for the season. It was this gift that God gave us in coming down in human form, in the birth to be the sacrifice. It was the beginning. It was, think of it this way, guys. It's like raising the prized turkey for Thanksgiving. The turkey doesn't just come out of nowhere. The turkey was born. You have to raise the turkey. You must feed the turkey. And then at the appointed time, the turkey must die for Thanksgiving dinner. Well, guess what, guys? Jesus had to be born, and he's all God, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to maybe just touch on some little science things. But it was because Jesus had to die that he was born. But he died for us. Oh, my gosh, is that not so amazing. Imagine what Mary went through for being the mother of Jesus, knowing that at some point in time he was going to be the Savior of the world, that he was going to give his life for us. So let's talk about that. You know, when we go into uh, Genesis, because it all starts there in Genesis, if you have your Bibles, I want you to look at Genesis 21, and I'm just going to touch on it because it's the start. We see right there from the beginning that God already always had a plan for us once Adam and Eve. I mean, he knew it was going to happen. He's God, but we're not going to even go into all that right now. But we know when you read uh, Genesis 1, two and three, and you get to chapter three where a man and woman sinned, uh, we see that prior to any of that, he did not know he was naked. He was not aware of his own frailty. He was not in a position of sin. 
you see? And you can go back and read that. And he was like, well, I'm naked. And God's like, well, uh, who told you that? You know, how did you know that? You were covered under me. You knew you were in me, okay? But once Adam sinned, there was a separation between God and man. No longer could man simply commune with God like he used to. I mean, go back and read that. God would walk in the garden. He would come down and walk with them in the cool of the day. He was intimate with them. He knew them. And now Adam, male Adam, male man, is now hiding from his creator. Oh, my gosh. So now there's sin in the world. We are now able to know good and evil. We're going to, our, our bodies are going to decay. We're going to have all these negative things and sickness and disease and hatred. And all these maladies are now in us. They're formed now in our society. But what does God do in verse uh, 21 of chapter 3? And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Now, I missed that at one time. I missed that. But that right there, because in order to create an animal skin, what did he do? He had to kill an animal, which means that is the first time we see in Scripture the sacrificing of blood to cover the sin. Because remember, Adam and Eve, they were naked before. They did not need covering of their sin. It's a representation. So now we see God right here making the first blood sacrifice to cover their sin. And you will see throughout the Old Testament, we see a constant reminder of the sacrificing. What happened with Cain and Abel? They had to sacrifice. They brought their sacrifice. They brought something unto God. And now, you know, Cain killed Abel. Why? Because he did not want to obey or abide by what Christ, not what God wanted in regards to the sacrifice. So that's another one, but we see that again. We see that sacrifice from Genesis now on until Christ came. We see that. And then we understand why Christ came, because now we know that sin entered the world, okay? So sin entered the world, and here's what we have. We know, according to Romans, and I love the book of Romans. I hope you guys will take time to read it. It's it's not, some theologians and teachers say that it's not an easy book to read because there's so many uh, uh lessons and doctrines right in there, but I love Romans because it really breaks it down again what's going on with us as people, as people who love God and how God deals with us. So here's the thing, guys. The Bible says, according to Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we needed a Savior, because all have sinned and fallen short. That means you, that means me, that means your neighbor, that means the president, that means the pope, that means all. All means all. There's no caveat, there's no exception. All means all, okay? And here's the thing. The price of that sin is death. Death. There's no 
better way to put it, it's death. And we see that when you go back and, and I encourage everyone, as, as, as dry as it may seem, it really opens our eyes to understand another level of why Christ died. Review Leviticus. Because in there, it talks about the different types of offerings and sacrifices that we had to do. It gives all of these things, okay? And when you begin to read all of the different sacrifices and that people do, it, it, it was, I mean, I, I think about that. And when I read that one for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I probably would never get anything done because I would have always been sacrificing something for a sin. And can you imagine that life at that time? And then they had their pilgrimages where they would, the, the pil- where they would go and sacrifice, you know, once a year. And then we can move over into the Holy of Holies, and we see where the Ark of the Covenant was, where we had the priest that would wear the rope and he would have the veil and he would go and he would make the sacrifice for the people. We see that progression, but God always had something better in mind. God always had something better to cover our sins, to make us and to put us back into position, into relationship that Adam lost in the garden is what Christ did for us. That's why he's the second Adam. He repositions us back into the household of faith, back into that intimacy with God. Because now, once Christ died, we we no longer need the priest. The priest no longer needs to sacrifice for us or go go to God on our behalf. It's done. We can read in the scriptures where when Christ died, what happened? The temple was rent. That means it was an earthquake. It was no longer. It, the way we did it, and that's why Christ was such an antagonist to the Sadducees and the Pharisees because he was coming against this old way of doing things. You see, that old way, he's, Oh my God, it's amazing that God loves us so much that he wants to commune with each and every one of us intimately, personally, based on who we are, where we are, so that he can guide us through our process. You know, I'm always sharing with you that life and this walk with God is a process. Sin damages us. It taints us. It's it's it makes us really kind of icky. We have rejection issues and abandonment issues and, you know, mother-father issues and boyfriend or husband and wife issues and kid issues. And then we have selfishness and pride. I mean, can I go on? And yet God knows and this process that we go through with him, once we accept him, is amazing because it brings us back into that relationship where now God can commune with us and not just in the cool of the day, but now he dwells on the inside of us, not in a temple, not in a Ark of the Covenant, but he dwells on the inside of those who accept him. So again, we are the reason for this deed because God loves us so much that he sent 
his himself in human form, in the form of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And what does that do for us? It's because he came. It's because he was born. And we only know about the first, you know, third, no, three years of it, no, the, the last three years of his life, and we have some um, sprinkling of his life as a child, but we don't know everything. But the one thing that we do know is that he was fully God. He was fully, fully God. When we read Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, those verses, and we read about how um, the angel said that he was going to come upon uh, Mary and she was going to be with child and that child was going to be Jesus and what to name him and so on and so forth. So awesome about God. The spirit is the seed that impregnates. And we know that every child um, or even is fertilized must have a seed. It must have that connection. But here's the interesting thing, guys, is that biologically speaking, the mother's blood and the baby's blood never connect. They never mix. So that blood of that baby that redeems us, that was shed for us, is all God. I mean, if that does not make you kind of stop in your tracks right there to see how an infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful God knows exactly how to bring himself into the earth and never one time ever have anything tainted with humanity, pregnated with and inside Mary, and that blood of Mary, which would be tainted with sin because she's born of humans, is never mixed with the almighty God and and being impregnated by the Holy Spirit, the immaculate conception. I mean, it, when I heard that guy for the first time and wrapped my head around that, I was just in awe. I was like, oh, my gosh, how can anyone not understand that God is God, that Jesus is God? You know, I say very often that God uses natural things in the earth, and when we spend time to become astute in the word of God, knowing and understanding things, that these things aren't spooky, they're not weird it's just God being God and operating in the earth. So, again, we are the reason for the season because we know that, one, we talked about it, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we understand, according to Romans 6, that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. That's why Christ had to die. So what I'm about to share next, some people may like, they may not like. I just encourage you to go to the scriptures and check it out. You know, hear what God is saying for you. And here's another thing, guys. Guys, this is the reason Christ came to die for our sins. But here's the thing. It's a free gift. Christ died for everyone. Christ loved, God loved everyone, every creature, every person on the earth loved and Christ died for. But here's the kicker, guys. 
It's a free gift that one must accept and receive. If you don't accept it and receive it, then you don't have it. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, let's go there. I want you to see this for yourselves with me, and then we're going to go on to a couple of other um, uh, uh, scriptures as well. But I want you to see this specifically, and I'm going to read it. I think I'm going to go ahead and grab my uh, Amplified. I have a couple minutes here. And I'm going to read it out of there also. But I'm first going to begin with um, reading from the New Living Translation here. And grab that for you guys. Let's see here. Uh, Where did we go? God gave you by his special favor when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he planned for us long ago. And if you also look at, I'm not mistaken, it should be 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says that when we accept Christ, when we accept this gift, and the gift is what Christ did on the cross, when we accept this gift, then we are now new creatures. That means that we're no, we should no longer be bound to the sinful nature because we now have Christ. We now have him indwelling on the inside of us. And I just happened to be over there real quick going to um, uh, Ephesians in the uh, Amplified. So I'm going to take a little detour for a second, guys, and I'm going to read that to you in the um, Amplified. So that's going to be 2 Corinthians 5, not 1st. Let me get that for you real quick because I think it's powerful for us to know that we don't have, we are no longer bound to stay the same. We're not, well, that's just the way that I am. Once we have Christ on the inside of us, once we have made a confession with our mouth for Christ, then we are new creatures. We're not the same folks that we used to be. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral, spiritual condition, that means your condition prior to Christ, has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has awesome, guys, that we have that. God has given us that. You know, the fact that his son died for us, or, or was born. Let's talk about the birth. And I know you guys are probably going, why is she giving like a Resurrection Sunday message, you know, when um, when we're talking about this holiday season, this Jesus is the reason for the season. It's because I want us to make sure, especially in this season that we're living in, um, that we keep our mind and eyes on Christ. I mean, so many people are being stressed out by gifts and and uh, getting, getting together with family, which is all great. It's all wonderful. I understand. 
why we give to give. But we need to have a sobering moment to understand that the entire purpose of this season that we celebrate is that we are celebrating the fact that God is fulfilling the prophecy in Isaiah 53, and we're going to go there in a minute also. He is fulfilling that prophecy to bring us back into relationship. So we, this is a joyous moment and a somber moment because we know that because he was born, we know in 33 years he's going to die. And he's going to die because he wants to put us back in position that Adam lost for us in the garden. And that position is one of power, one of authority, one of love, one of grace, one of mercy. It is a new position. It gives us that position to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. It gives us that position to be able to speak the word of God out of our mouth and know that it's going to manifest. It's the position in knowing that we don't need anybody, anything else to uh, uh, intercede for us because we have the great mediator, Jesus Christ. We now have that relationship with Christ, with God, through Jesus Christ, that we can boldly go before the throne of grace. I don't need to go talk to anybody. I don't need to ask anybody's permission. No one else can look at me and say that they forgive my sins. Jesus did that over 2,000 years ago on the cross, all because he chose to come in human form, to be Emmanuel with us, for us to, to, to be born in a manger, to know that he would eventually die a horrific death so that we could have that intimacy with God. That's why we should celebrate. That's why we are the reason for the season. That's why we celebrate the birth of Christ, because we see his great love for us yet again. We get to celebrate his birth knowing what he's going to do and knowing what he did for those. He was the example for us through power, through authority, through healing the sick and letting the blind eye see, which is what we have today. And if you go to other countries that have grasped, that have received the power of God because they're not so uh, distracted by the baubles of our society, baubles meaning money, cars, television, internet, Xbox, PS. We're so distracted. Matter of fact, we're so dependent upon ourselves that we don't know what it means to always depend on God. We think because we have nice jobs and we have a nice education and we have this and we have money in the bank that we are providing, that, oh, God is providing for me. Or we're trusting God. Well, how can you? The Bible says taste and see. But if everything in your life is always so ducky wonderful, how will you know? Now, mind you, I'm not saying that that things should not be good. God wants us to have an abundant life. But remember, we have to always want, we always want to be sober and ask ourselves, God, am I depending on you? Or am I really depending on my situation? Am I depending on my abilities? Am I depending on the fact that I know how to use wisdom and common sense to make things happen. We do things by rote, guys, you, you see, but when we begin to get sober and we understand and go back and recognize, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Romans three twenty-three, and know that we are but a vapor, and I could go into that more, 
that we have no uh, uh, unique power and ability outside of Christ, then when we celebrate this season, when we celebrate this time, we're celebrating all of who Christ did. Hey, we're running out of time real quick, but when you get a chance, go back and read. Isaiah 53, that why he was born, why he died, why he did what he did, why he's the savior of the world. If you don't know him today, if, if you would, don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you would die today, get into a car accident, die tomorrow, that you would spend eternity with God. If you're waiting on somebody else to pray for you or do something for you, you can go to God right now. He died for you. He was born at this season, right now, in human form, knowing that in 33 years he was going to visit the cross. He was still willing to come down and be born of a virgin for you and for me. I invite you to come to know him today. I invite you to open up your heart. Just ask him, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying. I thank you for being born, knowing that you would die. I give my life to you, and I take the life that you died to give me. I turn from my way, my thinking, my desires to now do things your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, great. If you prayed that prayer, you are now in the household of faith. We're running out of time, but I'll see you guys next week. Check me out on Facebook, guys. Love you. He has empowered me to walk in victory. Oh, oh.